0: all right good evening everyone i always uh, we give a couple moments here to let the people get into the room i mean we are in hang on tonight folks uh we have one of the experts in in plant biology with us tonight this is going to be fun um i'll let the people keep coming in all right all right well good evening everyone um we took last week off which was thanksgiving i hope everyone got to spend time with family uh it's such an important time of the year we have a very another very important holiday coming up uh uh, in december so please please keep all all people in your prayers and of course um we have to keep the the ukraine people in our prayers um everything that's happening to them the the farmers there i don't know how you could imagine going out to to farm a field before you sweep it for mines that that just blows my mind so we've got to we've got to be aware of what's going on uh outside of our own little world here um oh my gosh we have a guest this evening now i want i want to set this up a little bit uh dr james white is from uh rutgers university on the east coast uh, the great state of New Jersey. And I first got to see him in person in Sacramento, California uh, this summer. And and I wanna tell you, right after Dr. White spoke about his whole, I think he spoke for an hour and a half on, on, on rhizophagy. And, and, and Chris Nichols was, was behind him to talk. And she was absolutely blown away with what Dr. White has discovered here. So we are in for a big, big treat. Um, So that's how I start everything. Giddy up, let's go. Dr. White, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh,
0: You're most welcome. It is an honor to have you on our show this evening. Uh, I'm gonna start this off like I do every one. Doctor, what is on your mind right now? What are you thinking about?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, could, I could talk about a lot of things, but I tell you one of the main things is that uh, kind of a, about regenerative agriculture and that uh, some observations or an observation of mine is that this is really, you know, this is a people's movement, that people realized that there's got to be a better way to grow crops yeah. and take care of the environment and take care of the world and take care of people's health and 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 basically a better way right and the uh, the work that we have been doing and what we have found discovered in plants and that isn't talking about the rhizophagy cycle uh really uh emphasizes that it, it really is a is a basis uh, for for uh, this biological agriculture and it puts a scientific uh, it's one of the scientific under underpinnings of of regenerative agriculture. And, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't start out to, to discover an underpinning of regenerative agriculture. It just so happens that This is what's happening in plants, and it is consistent with uh, the regenerative and biological agriculture movement. So it it has become uh, an an important piece of regenerative validation. Yeah, Val- validation really uh, part yeah. of the the theoretical uh, uh, explanation for why plants need uh, soil microbiology and plant microbiology biology, why you have to take care of that yeah you know? so so that is that really is i mean we didn't seek to we didn't seek to 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 become a an important piece of regenerative agri- biological agriculture but it it turns out it is it turns oh, out yeah. That, yeah that this is that this is so, so uh, i mean i'm kind of proud that we're able to support uh, regenerative agriculture and biological agriculture and to be to to have discovered something that's helpful to that to, yeah. that, move, to that movement and potentially helpful to change agriculture uh, so yeah so i mean i'm i'm really glad to be involved i'm happy to be you know i'm not i don't like fame they don't need fame. I like to be left alone in my quiet, right? <laughs> too, and too late for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want that's what I that's how I like it. So I didn't choose I didn't choose this, but uh I will continue to spread the word about what's happening yeah. in plants because because it's important. It's important yeah. to people and it's important to you know the future of agriculture yeah. and humanity.
0: Well, and what I love about it, doctor, is the fact that it, it does valid. I mean, we all knew there was something happening. We just couldn't quite put our finger on it. And now you and your team have, have discovered this. I mean, we're going to get into this in a little bit. But again, I, I want to go back and stress. I mean, Chris Nichols was, was so flabbergasted by what Dr. White had done in that hour and a half presentation that she said, I know this is happening. I just have never been able to figure it out. And you and your group have done this. I mean, this, how important this is. So, um, I don't want to go right into this rhizophagy yet because you, doctor, you have done so many things up to, I think you've written like 300 or up to 300 articles or books or, or chapters in other people's books and, and whatnot. And there's a couple of them I really want to kind of talk about here at the beginning. Um, and, and before we go any further, if, if anyone is out in the, in the traveling uh, arena and wants to see Dr. White live, he's going to be in Indiana on December the 16th and Rachel would you type this into the chat box please if you want to reply and an RSVP it's it's Jim at soil that's Jim Martindale is who that is he's putting on a conference in Indiana and Dr. White is going to be there it's in Wabash Indiana he's going to be there on December the 16th so, Jim at Soil and then dot Um, if, if Rachel's not right there to do it, we'll get that in, in a little bit. But I'm telling you, if you've not seen Dr. White live, you have to go see him if you're going to be in Indiana. So, okay. Now, Doc, I want to talk to you about um, ecology of microbes. This intrigues me. Uh, uh, endophytes, okay. Explain, explain what, why, why are we, why is there ecology within the microbial uh, community? Explain this.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I could, I, I could tell you this. I mean, we have not. You, we normally people think of soil ecology or soil microbial ecology, and this is a very complicated thing right it has a yeah. lot of different interactions a lot of microbes that are inter- interacting but actually with regard to plants the ecology is more simplified because the plants are basically in control of these microbes and what's happening with the microbes and so uh, what happens is they'll internalize Uh, bacteria and fungi into their tissues and so that has a a lot of effects on on plants like for example when a plant has its endophytic microbes and these endophytic means uh, microbes that go inside the plant tissues and cells but when it when it has those uh, it basically is uh, more resistant to stress oxidative stress uh, uh, drought because that's oxidative stress that uh, uh, heat, for example, heavy metals or salt in the soil. Uh, any, basically, any kind of stress is oxidative. So with these endophytes in the tissues of the plant, uh, they, they're they less impacted by those stressors. And that would mean higher yields and, and plants basically are better off.
0: That sounds just like what we're trying to do with our human body. We're trying to minimize yeah. stress, minimize inflammation... All of these things that don't yeah. keep us running healthy,
1: right? Yeah. Well, could you imagine uh, if if we had to now uh, to 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 kill the microbes in our body uh, in our bodies? You know, if we didn't have those microbes, we'd be pretty sick. We'd be pretty stressed out and ill. And that's what happens when plants get their cannot get their microbes. The same thing happens to them. They get stressed out. You could give them fertilizers and that'll make them grow, but they're still gonna have this, they're not gonna be uh as oxidatively stress tolerant as they would so, be with those So, molecules. how do we
0: create that environment for them? How do we do this?
1: Well, uh I'm and I'd say it's the uh two things really. Uh one is you have to develop the uh, the microbial community in the soil and the soil structure, right? And all the tenets of regenerative agriculture, cover crop, everything that's necessary uh, uh, to develop that, to develop, but basically to feed the microbes in the soil and to get your organic material built up so that those microbes it can grow there. And then when you put your plants there, those microbes will be there to be attracted over to the plant and to, to enter the tissues of the plant and carry nutrients into the plant. Yeah, so because plants will internalize them, so you got to take care of the soil, build up the soil, take care of the soil. The other thing you have to do is take care of your seeds, and the seeds actually carry microbes on their surface, but also internal in the seed. And that's that's uh, we've lost a lot of those in our crops because the way we, the the way we uh, produce seed and the way we domesticated plants. So I mean, we've lost a lot of these natural microbes. And so uh, we're so, really left with what's in the soil, with what we do. So we can, we can fix that if the soil is good, but if the soil isn't good, you can't fix it.
0: Right. So I, I've used the term before, we're, the, the, and I'm not saying that the breeders are doing this on purpose, but the newer genetics are losing the, the, the associations with the mycorrhizal fungi community. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I loosely say that uh is that what you're is that you agree with that
1: i i i do but what's more than the mycorrhizae are are these bacteria and uh the the um you know plants in nature come with their you know over the years they've acquired these bacteria that they can use in their in their in their seeds and in their in their seedlings and because we lost those Uh, you got you got problems and and just double whammy because we messed up our soils so they can't reacquire them out of the soil and then on top of that uh, with the fertilizer usage uh, that we're essentially negating the ability of the plant to get the nutrients from the microbes the plants just in, in a sense, they get lazy, and if you give them fertilizer, they don't need to extract nutrients from yeah. microbes and cultivate microbes, and so they stop that. The whole structure of the root changes. If you look at corn, uh, I'm working with a corn breeder who's trying to, uh, uh, Walter Goldstein at Madamin Institute in Wisconsin, but it, uh, he's trying to develop some uh, uh, nitrogen fixing corn using these uh, land races, right? But the, yep. what happens is, the whole roots change when you fertilize. When the plants are doing rhizophage, when they're cultivating microbes in the soil, right? And they're doing rhizophage, you get nutrients from those bacteria in the soil. Uh, the roots are are broad, highly branched and shallow. But when people fertilize, what have and of course that's the the shallow roots that's necessary because the the micro the plant has to have oxygen to get nutrients out of the bacteria and the bacteria are in that zone right but when they put fertilizer on it what happens is the roots they they become long and spindly and they they grow down chasing those fertilizers down right so they stop they actually will stop doing rhizophagy. and uh, so you have all the it's almost like a syndrome uh, uh I mean I almost like a fertilizer syndrome that happens mm-hmm. and and the and the and the roots just they're they, they the the corn plants get addicted to fertilizer rather than and and so this is what plants are na- naturally doing right this is what they naturally yeah. are doing yeah so putting fertilizer on it uh is it works right they absorb that we it can grow it they can grow like that and we could probably keep doing that, but we keep messing up the environment and messing up the oceans and all kinds of problems, you know if we keep if we kept doing it. But because plants actually use this this biological process, rhizophagy cycle, to get nutrients from microbes, cultivate microbes in the soil, right because they do that, it opens the door for us now to start developing uh, agriculture based on on using microbes, the micro microbiological approach, which is always part of regenerative agriculture. Like well, I sure. say, this is this is going whether we appeared on the scene or not with rises of Fiji cycle. But mm-hmm. it help it helps because it provides um a basis for understanding uh why regenerative agri- what are the tenets of regenerative agriculture and why they work, right? Because plants actually need these microbes to get the nutrients and to to actually to develop too they don't develop if you take the microbes away you don't get root hairs and you you won't get branch root shape, root uh roots and you you also get uh smaller roots you know so they really and part of that is because the microbes are producing hormones uh, growth hormones in addition to delivering nutrients
0: yeah. This, uh, this. This is. See. This is why. <laughs> this is why people just get blown away with this. Now. Now we've got some questions piling up here. Uh, Dan DeSutter's listening. Dan, how you doing yes. this evening? Um, doctor, are these microbes still in the soil, or do we need to uh, add them? And then I just got more. Hang on. It just jumped on me here. Uh, is it adequate to build it, and they will come, or does it require re-inoculation?
1: You. You don't have to re-inoculate. I mean, people are trying all kinds of things to figure out how to push plants without fertilizers, right? So one way obviously is to put microbes in it, microbes directly on the plant. And that's a I mean, that's a benefit. But what is actually more valuable would be to just build up the soil. And you don't have to add microbes to the soil. There's a lot of them there. You get the organic material there, you get cover crop, you put a cover crop, you start, you know, you start developing your soil and little by little uh the populations of microbes are going to increase and uh so yeah yeah they'll they'll uh, you don't have to you don't have to add microbes necessarily but you can add microbes it is possible to add microbes to push a plant
0: okay okay so so obviously everything you've talked about is the six principles of soil health here okay so what do you think is, is the most harmful to this uh, uh, turning on the, the microbes you have because they've gotten so lazy, their t- their jobs have been taken away. What do we need to do, uh, those six principles, You know what's gonna be the best thing to stop doing or, or start doing to get this back in motion again? Cover crop, cover
1: crop, I think a cover crop. crop. That's the most important thing to start with, a cover crop. That you start walking down that road, you know, with cover crops. And then you can just figure out, you know, who you could talk to, there are experts on cover crops and they can give you suggestions and you could figure out which one you want to start with. But yeah, cover crop is the is the beginning. And I and I got to tell you, you know, I am a laboratory scientist, so I can't. So Rick, you you know a lot more about this and and your audience knows a lot more about this than I do. I'm a laboratory scientist or a field biologist, but not a, you know. I mean, my training is in the area of, a, you know, I was a botany major at yeah. Auburn at Auburn many years ago. I was a plant pathology major. I was a did worked a, on a PhD in mycology, fungi and botany. Botany too, looking at endophytes, fungal endophytes and plants, and. Uh, you know so I did some fossil work early on so worked on worked on that and and uh you know I mean basically basically I'm a really a laboratory laboratory person so but I do know about plants and I do know about microbes in plants uh endophytic microbes you know I've been working on these for 47 years or something like that uh, many many years uh studying fungal endophytes and, and uh, bacterial endophytes. And, uh, you know, so, it, you know, and it, I was, I mean, what can I tell you? I, I, but I'm a lab scientist more that, or a basic scientist more than someone who can give you advice about how to yeah. grow crops. Cause I can't, but I can tell you what microbes need. And I can tell you what, what fits with the system, this plant system,
0: okay so so cover crops obviously diversity is key here too you know it'd be great to plant three or four species but if you could get 10 or 12 the more the merrier right
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: okay and then now you've got another part I mean doctor you've done so many things that we could go on for hours with you and I'll have you on here again to to, to go in other directions one day but if okay you, you you've got another uh, book that, or, or an article they wrote, Microbial Inoculants and Other Microbiome Stimulants. Now, this is where I get excited here because I agree with you. I think the biology is there. We just have to stop killing it with the pesticides and insecticides and reduce tillage, reduce chemistry, and get back to cover crops and diversity, and this stuff will will, will show back up. Now, let's talk about stimulants, though, here. How are you going to turn on certain sectors of that biome that you want to get turned on?
1: Well, it's, you know, there are people working on this already. Uh, and and a lot of the people in these uh, companies, regenerative agriculture companies, are uh, or biological agriculture companies, are trying to do things that will push crops. I mean, for I'll give you some examples. Uh, I mean, one of them is which. you... Uh, the humic substances, for example, right? Humic substances. Okay, so humic substances, uh, we, uh, we did some work and what humic substances seem to be uh, are their signal molecules for the plant. And what happens is uh, when microbes are breaking down organic material uh, the the, la- the final product are humic substances that don't break down right but instead they go out into the soil and plants can detect their presence oh. And when plants when plants detect their presence what they do is they will start taking in more bacteria into the at the root tips and they more bacteria, more soil bacteria then enter into the rhizophage cycle so you get this boost of growth in the plant. And plants also at the same time are, because these microbes are going in, they're secreting more exudates and more microbes are being attracted. So we think that the plant uses humic substances to determine if there are nutrients from plant breakdown, right? From plants being degraded. And so it can then know to go after that. And that's what happens. And it goes after it by increasing absorption of those bacteria from the soil okay that's one example so you could use humic substances to kind of okay. push the plant push the plant to grow yeah that's an okay so hang on hang on yeah, so yeah.
0: you're you mean like uh like mesa verde in new mexico and and get the humates that they mine out of the ground is that, is that what we're talking about yeah oh yeah oh okay. yeah that
1: works that works
0: okay. another
1: trick another trick is like uh push you can uh push plants with, uh, say, for example, uh, 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 sugars, for example, okay, and sometimes people will take sugars, and they'll mix it with the, uh, seaweed, some other micronutrient-type solution, right, and then they'll take that and spray that on plants, and what that does is it will actually feed the plants in the developing feed the microbes in the developing leaves so what happens is you'll get more uh, on on the surfaces of leaves as they develop there are some microbes already there and they're entering in right and a healthy plant and so if you put these this nutrients around those uh developing leaves right what happens is the microbes will grow and Just and a when they shot grow, of a, a, shot shot, of a shot of energy, they grow. You have more microbes in the, in the in the leaf cells and the tri, particularly trichomes, which are leaf hairs, right? Those where a lot of the the micro microbiology, a lot of nitrogen fixation will happen in these trichomes. So you're juicing, essentially putting more microbes there that can then fix more nitrogen from the air and provide that to the plant. So. These micronutrients, micronutrients with sugar and stuff like that, onto the leaves, can stimulate the microbes in the leaves and on the leaves so that they produce more nitrogen for the plant, right? I mean, so you can, in other words, uh, if you can, and and a lot of people are figuring out how to do this and this is people, people are really smart. You know, people are brilliant, brilliant. There's only so far that um, laboratory scientists like, like myself can carry things right but all of the work to reinvent ag- i mean literally reinvent or or revise agriculture to create a new agriculture that has to be done by all kinds of people you know yeah. all kinds of growers and you know uh just it, it, i mean this is a this is a case where with the regenerative agriculture movement this is a case where aca- a- academia is behind. Yeah.
0: I think I thank you for saying that. I applaud you for saying that.
1: It's true. We are we are behind. Yeah. This is a people's movement uh based on based on what you know based, based on what people see as necessary and uh, what they think is is destructive. And so I mean this is uh you know I'm I'm really Go back to the way we started. I'm glad to be associated with it. You know, glad that I can be helpful.
0: So are we. So we're glad too. Thank you. You're welcome. So so let's go back to your little quick little cocktail there. You say sugar. I mean that opens up a lot of avenues. I mean, uh, molasses, uh, cane sugar, anything, right?
1: It's a it's a jolt. It gives them a quick jolt, right? Okay. you, You increase the microbes there. Microbes will. Grow. You have more microbes. They'll break down more, uh more of the organics in the environment. Uh, when you put the plant there, the plant will then have more microbes to consume. Right? They'll just okay. attract those microbes and get them. Yeah. All right. So let's
0: let's. I've got. We've got all kinds of questions piling up here. But I got to stay right here for a minute. Yeah. Okay. So now let's take a a bioreactor. You know, we built. We built Johnson Sioux reactors. We got them running right now. They're, they're working, the worms have been added. They're working themselves down. It's gonna turn black. We're gonna pull some out. We're gonna extract those microbes out. Mm-hmm. If, okay, the, the plan here on the farm is going to be to treat the seed with those microbes right before planting in furrow, if we can also some more of that liquid liquid microbes and then foliar feed. So am I also hearing that it would be wise to add a sugar or a seaweed to each of those three processes as well?
1: I would not do it out of automatic. I would okay. experiment. I mean this is the thing, this is the thing where everything you do has you have to do a little experiment. I mean I'm I'm a big proponent of grower experiments and obviously a grower is not going to uh take the risk of doing everything at once, right? I mean, they're going to they're going to yeah. try it. We're going to do an acre here or something like that where we mixed it and we're going to see what happens. Well, that's the kind of thing that has to has to happen. And yeah, I mean, I would think yes, those uh those other additives uh are logical, uh, are they necessary? Are they going to work on yeah. your farm and your conditions? I don't know. You yeah. you know this is the and so my my thing is farmers growers have to be experimenters and that's this new world they have to be experimenters they and the other thing is control everything as much as possible right so you want to know what you know is it important to go in there so that hence the experiment you want to be able to to uh to to have some idea you know what is the effect going to going to be and is it working the way you think so then you have to look and see what's happening you know what happens with the nutrients and so forth but it but anyways uh, i'm a proponent of grower experimentation yeah. yeah
0: yeah so am i uh we've tried to have six or eight things going on all the time and then you do it on small acres you don't jeopardize your farm you know totally agree with that 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 concept um okay john we've got I, i'm not sure if these are questions or comments because I'm, I'm trying to listen to you because you've got so much good information uh, simple ions aren't present in nature in the same way they are in modern fertilized fields is a plant's ability to pick them up a secondary means of gathering nutrients an evolutionary possibility for perhaps dealing with soil after a fire question mark it seems from where Rick's work that it is a genetic thing that has been expressed more in modern seed breeding while plants have lost their biological associations. So this is back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, doctor, about, about, um, uh, uh, the, the losing those associations of the microbial biome, the, 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 the current seed genetics. Uh,
1: yeah. So, uh, so is the idea here? Because I saw no, I I heard a number of things in there, and I I I didn't follow the very well uh, the the questions. But here's here's my here's my thought on yeah on that is that uh, plants have not really lost the capacity to do what they do. They have lost the microbes, and and we continue to take away their capacity to manage those microbes and you get nutrients from those microbes by putting fertilizers on them, for example, but if, if, and this is something that I'm uh, uh, gonna share something from Walter Goldstein uh, in his attempts to get this organic corn. And what Walter told me is that he could take the uh, modern hybrids and at least some of the lines grow them under organic conditions for a number of years and then they will reacquire uh, microbes And, and not all of them but you have to grow them properly for a period of time so it's I don't think they've genetically lost the capacity I think there's still probably a lot of the microbe a lot of the plants the crops that we have in soils that aren't well developed they're getting microbes but they're not getting the best microbes and we've yeah. we've we've essentially taken away the best microbes and so they and and they planted them in a situation where they can't reacquire you know in soils that yeah. don't have good diversity of microbes in them yeah
0: yeah and you know what doc what we're doing here um i call uh epigenetics we are we've gone out 30 years bought uh genetics of soybeans that are off patent because that's the only way you can you can use your own seed is you got to buy stuff that's off patent um and we are now in year four of these of grow of the grow outs and we are starting to make or we're starting to let our seed adapt to our system and our, our 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 region and the way we're farming and i can see it i can see it happening with this seed, that most people would say you're nuts to plant a genetic that's 30 years old because there's no way you'll compete with the current genetics. Well, I disagree because of everything you're talking about, and those yes. associations with those microbes.
1: Yeah, you can get them back, and uh, they'll they'll uh, you know so they'll start grow they'll start growing. I mean, I don't know if they're going to grow like wild plants, but they're definitely going to grow better. They're going to acquire microbes and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I think it's Timothy. And again, I apologize. I, I don't know why, but I can't see everyone's name. I just get two or three letters and then dot, dot, dot. Uh, I understand that soil is always at capacity with microbes, that all the surface area that can have microbes on it already does, making it hard to inoculate the soil with new ones via extracts. Is that true for the rhizophagy cycle as well? Is it always at capacity and therefore hard to inoculate?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, if if you increase the organic material in the soil, the capacity for microbial habitation is going to increase. The populations are going to increase. You're going to have more. There's going to be more. They're going to be nearer to the plant root. They're, they're, the nutrients are gonna be nearer to the nutrients. The microbes can then get the nutrients from the organic material and bring it easier back to the plant. If you have a soil that, yeah, uh, microbial capacity, but if you have little organic material there, if you don't have really, if you don't have that much of a, not that good of a soil, you know, you, the, the, the community, the populations are gonna be small. Yeah, it's not, they're not going to be able to support huge. Yeah, you'll have a lot of microbes there, and uh, you know, I have a I have a friend uh, that uh, that uh, that studies uh, uh, fungi from soils specifically, and uh, he was working for like Merck for a time, and. Uh, when everyone was saying go to the tropics and get them, he was he was saying, well, you can get you can get a lot of diversity out of soils. But that doesn't mean that they're I mean there's some diversity there, but they're not the populations aren't high enough to really uh to benefit the plants. So you, yeah. you have to really increase those. You got to increase the organic material to increase those populations.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you've already touched on this at the beginning, Doctor, but but what, okay, what let's let's go back to that 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 bioreactor and I, I don't care what your method method is of building your bioreactor whatever do you think it, it's going to benefit your farm where you live in the world benefit you more to use then the 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 items from within your farm like leaves and 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 sawdust and and whatever it is you're going to build this reactor out of use it from things that are right there in your farm does that make a difference?:
1: Well, um, you're, you're going to have more uh, of your local microbes, that's for sure. And, uh, and if you increase the populations of your local microbes, that may be a good that may be a good thing to do, okay, uh, as opposed to bringing a lot of stuff in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can, can you bring in something that's harmful?
1: You got a lot of good questions. A lot of good questions there. <laughs> because uh, I, look at, I look at predator to prey. I mean there's yeah, got to
0: be yeah. there's gotta be antagonism going on.
1: Well, I will I'll put this another way, and that is that uh you know, we normally think of uh of fungi, for example. That are not mycorrhizal as problems, right? Yeah. But in but in fact pathogens, right? Something like fusarium, right, which will cause eat up your plant, you know, kill knock your kill the leaves, eat the roots, yeah, basically eat the plant up. Uh, well, if we have the right microbes there, fusarium doesn't cause a problem, and uh, really where we seem to have more uh, disease is when we try to remove the microbes. And, and in our experiments, for example, if we take a seed, uh, a normal seed with lots of microbes there, uh, we w- it's resistant to, for example, fungal pathogens, right? But if we then sterilize that seed to remove those bacteria from get it get sick they eat it up yeah. they eat they eat it' just like us if we cleaned our gut out you know we'd be we'd be diseased and very sick uh the actually and it's counterintuitive and this is the point I'm trying to make uh is that you you really uh want to add bacteria to the system add microbes to the system not have fewer microbes you want to add them and when they when you add them the uh, bacteria, for example, will colonize the hyphae of the fungus and will cause it to be and actually go into the tissues of the fungus too and cause the fungus to be uh, avirulent or non-virulent and no disease, it won't cause disease. Instead, the fungus will grow on the plant. So it's it's counterintuitive. It's the opposite of what you would think. If you yeah. want to, if you want, if you want to control disease. Uh, add more microbes not 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 use uh, antimicrobial substances that'll that that causes more pro- of course we do because of the way our thinking because we yes. think we think and we've we thought for hundred years or more that uh that that disease uh we have to fight about it and and the microbes are disease agents they're not they're not good they're they're bad for us right they're disease agents so we got to kill them we got to control them and uh, that and but it's a it's not a good strategy it just it means that if we do it agriculturally if that's the strategy we follow uh, then we have to keep putting these fungicides on and these pesticides to prevent the, at least for, to kill fungi. I'm talking specifically about fungi now.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, You got to keep putting that on. So we, in a sense, you can understand how that would make us dependent on fungicides. But of course, it's expensive. It's really expensive. We actually think that all disease in plants can be controlled and all, and all plant growth can be managed by managing the microbes. And so, uh, you know, and that doesn't mean managing them in a way that you know you put uh uh, antifungals on or something but instead putting the right microbes there that actually will change the behavior of the pathogens and so it's different instead of trying to kill the the pathogen right instead we try to alter its behavior using other microbes
0: you get that balance you
1: have a balance but it's an it's now it's back to the ecology right now you're managing the ecology of the system so if you have the right principles you know you you, there's seven or eight principles of regenerative agriculture well there's 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 other ideas now coming in the principles of how you could control disease how you make the plants grow and so tie those together right and you and you may have some new approaches to
0: and where do we find these principles of ecology, then, you're referring to? Where are they at?
1: Well, I don't, you just have to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I could okay. tell you some of them, right? Okay, the point is this. You don't control disease by putting uh, uh, fungicides, yeah. it, right? But instead, exactly. instead, the new way would be you put other microbes there and control disease that would be the principle right to use microbes to control disease rather than and it could be a ferment it could be whatever you say your your system where your 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 bioreactor or whatever you're producing stuff you know living material that then you can use to put on the system and get move microbes all over the plant different parts of the plant and and into the soil
0: okay all right now again i know we got questions piling up here but I, i yeah I got I got something here and I gotta get this out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Everything you've just described makes perfect sense about the health of your system. Now let's move over to weed problems. We can do the same thing, right? We can create these environments that say foxtail does not want to germinate in, and that's how we're going to suppress foxtail. We can't use the word control, but we can say suppress. So if that's the case, how do we do that? Is it with a certain cocktail of species that then, in, you know, that then promote the growth of this microbial community that we need to create that environment? Is that how this goes down?
1: Well, weed control obviously is a tricky something that's a bit trickier because they're both plants. Weeds and crops are both plants, right? So mm-hmm. now you have to find a way. So what we have been looking at, which is you know, I, I don't know, we're we're playing with the idea too, right? We've looked at microbes that will go into to their host plant and and then will inhibit competitor species, some competitor yeah. species. So the idea is to take endophytes in one plant that go outside that plant and will colonize another plant and reduce the growth. the The problem is that oftentimes our weeds are really robust. You know okay. they have a lot of their own microbes so those microbes exclude entry of other microbes because they oh. you know right so it's a bit of a tricky thing So, but but we're trying we are still trying to we we have actually a we patented this uh and there's a lot of interest but a lot of people are trying to do this rick i mean this is nothing This is not special that we're doing, but we are. We have a different strategy, and that is what we're trying to do. Is we are because microbes, because plants, weeds are full of microbes. We're trying to take advantage of that uh, to control weeds. And what we what we what we do is we have a strategy in which we treat the plant uh, so that the microbes in it uh, turn from beneficial endophytes into pathogens and and stress out the plant produce, produce you, gotta tell, you gotta tell us how you're doing this well it, it's it's a. Uh, I might have to kill you if i did that actually i wouldn't i'd, I'd be happy to tell you but i i get in trouble at rutgers if i do and they're and they're um i get fussed at a lot because i talk about it but it's nothing it's not that it's not that uh, uh i mean basically Uh, we have to strip, you strip the cuticle off the plant, and then you put in it uh, uh, nutrients, edibles, non-destructive nutrients, uh, non-harmful nutrients that uh, go to the bacteria and the fungi that are already inside the endophytic microbes, causing them to uh, grow, right, and then secrete a lot of ethylene, which then causes stress in the plant so it basically the, oh. the strategy and you know we don't know if it's going to work in the end but it's it, no one else is doing it so it it makes it worthwhile for us to do right because nobody's doing it and so we have a way even if it doesn't even if it doesn't pan out to be the best way it 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 might open the door for someone leave. else yeah someone else might see it and do it better right so that's you're, that's the idea yeah you're you're kind
0: of describing you're just creating a way for the plant to to self destruct is what you're trying to do
1: it's kind of like that yeah if, if if we if you favor because you know there's the the you know the plant is in control of these microbes so if you do something to upset that equilibrium and put it so suddenly now the microbes are in control and and they're eating up the plant they'll eat the plant up and that's it so so it's gone so so uh yeah so that's the thing we take away now there's a a word that someone is using a lot now about plants and uh, agency my daughter actually was using that too and uh uh, agency. I don't know. I don't use the word very much, but it means capability, the capability. Oh, and so okay. Yeah, I know. You're like me. Don't use that. That's one of those uh, uh what seventy-six dollars words or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really it's it's kind of heady, but okay. Capacity, right? You take away the capacity of the plant to control the microbes, and then you give that capacity, give extra capacity or give extra agency to the microbes to now hurt the plant and so that's yeah. what we're doing right we're yep. playing with it but that's the kind of thing that that you can do when you're messing around with the biology right and uh, trying to figure out it's a,
0: you must wake up every day and just love your job I mean there, it's something it's something do. exciting every I day
1: I do I do I really do I mean it's yeah. the most wonderful thing and and not only that because uh what we've what the work some of the work we've done is important uh in agriculture um you know it it adds it adds to it like we're doing something helpful right doing something good something really good and that and we're all you know all of us in science you many of us in science many of us in agricultural areas you know that's all we ever wanted to do you know we wanted to we wanted to you know do something that's going to help humankind right to save you to help humankind to eat and progress well, and so, we're yeah. not going to have healthy
0: humans unless we have healthy soil first right i mean it all we, is coming from yeah. the soil
1: we have to figure this out and uh, it it's gonna yeah it, it'll take a take all of us to do that and yeah. uh, and uh, soil the soil there is a connection it's not this is not brilliant but it may seem brilliant uh, there is a connection between soil health and p- crop health or plant health and human health and that connection is the mi- or the microbes yeah. the microbes that's the connection that's the connection the plants the plants need those microbes in the soil to be healthy uh, when they when they have that the plants have more antioxidants they, they have more nutrients in them People who eat the plants will not only that they also we get our microbes by the plants we eat. Sure. You know? So our gut microbiome comes from from plants, and so we're not only the nutrients we eat, but also now the microbes that go into our system. Yeah. Uh, so the so it's critical to have you know a healthy soil, healthy communities. I mean, it all goes. I mean, it's not a. I mean, it seems like a cliche people say it, but actually, the microbes. Are the connection between all of those things, and it is true. Yeah. You know, healthy people, healthy people are going to come from you know growing plants the right way. We have an unhealthy environment. We're going to have unhealthy crops. We're going to have unhealthy people. Right. Unhealthy, you know. So it all there is. It's all tied in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doc, we got stuff piling up here. Uh, Dan DeSutter Sutter again. Uh, if your goal is to stimulate these microbial processes will we get more benefit from cover crops left on the surface or if we green manure with some shallow tillage or incorporate them with livestock? And you can attack that any way you want. Let's just start with the first thing. If if your goal is to stimulate these microbial processes, will we get more benefit from cover crops left on the surface or if we green manure? Let's just go right there.
1: Uh, I think you'd have to... You have to check both uh uh methods, but I'd say I'd say you definitely want you definitely want to have incorporation of your of your organic material into the soil, but the roots go down into the soil, and there's in in some cover crops will have a lot of roots, you know. So you get those roots in there. I Rick, I think when I was if I remember listening to your talk, you addressed this, didn't you? Thought yeah. you talked, about, you probably talked about this, about the cover, turning it under and or leaving it there, uh, I, you know, I'd be inclined to get a cover crop where you don't have to turn it under or just turn under a very minimal bit.
0: Uh, yeah. So,
1: yeah, so, I mean, that's my thought, but of course, you know, you, every system is maybe a little bit different. You'd have to- you know, Yeah, I, I think what Dan's
0: trying to, trying to think about there is, you know, he, he's he's on he's exactly with you. We got to get this diversity growing But then to get that into the mouths of these microbes let's get a a one or two inch deep incorporation and let's get that turned right into them and they can quickly eat it digest it and get it turned into an organic state and i think that's what he's referring to here versus just leaving these materials on top
1: yeah that sounds reasonable
0: yeah yeah that sounds reasonable and then he he also has cattle so uh, cattle can do incorporation of this as well. So probably more efficiently than anything else we've got, probably the livestock. Okay. Um I, I think it's Michael again. I apologize. I only get a few letters here. An early advocate of humic substances called them uh microscopic housing for soil biology. I think that's that's a comment, I believe.
1: Yeah, I I you know, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard that before. There's humic substances, you know, people call them. I mean, they they explain how they work different ways for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but humic substances, uh, oftentimes, at least one explanation is that they alter the uh, holding capacity or the transmission capacity of the soil because they get in there and they create, they have charges and they're essentially... Uh, you know it's electric kind of an electronic chemical phenomenon, right? It's a chemical yeah. phenomenon but uh, what we're saying is something totally different. in fact, s- uh, some people don't like what we're saying because uh, because that that would mean that you know they they're they're a you know hormonal type effect or similar to hormones uh, rather than rather than uh, a soil just a soil additive you know but uh but yeah, I mean It, it is. It is definitely uh, connected to soil microbiology. Yeah, right? uh, I mean, def- definitely is.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been a little stubborn on this, Dr. White, in my journey here through this regenerative farming that we're doing. I've been a little stubborn on not um, bringing the microbes into the you know the I'm going to for lack of a better term the bugs in the jug I've been a little stubborn on bringing that to our system but I truly think that anyone who is in the mindset now that we've got to stop tillage or you know or at least slow it down we got to slow the chemistry down we're going to start thinking regeneratively I think I truly believe today they need to have a bi- a, a microbial a systematic approach added to their regenerative approach to help with this process. And then I think you can probably pull off of that once you get your local community back, you know, running in high gear again.
1: And, and I, yeah, and I think, Rick, I think, I think uh, it's, um, uh, God, God. I, I was I forgot what I was gonna say now, Rick. You you go ahead and say what you were gonna say. I already well, interrupted you and forgot what I was gonna say. Go ahead. I just think that that that
0: I think you need to add that to your approach, a some kind of a of a microbial package from a reputable company to get your system jump charged or jump started to then start to to do its own thing and get that balance, get that synergy going that you're talking about this rhizophagy cycle, all of this starts happening. And, and I've just been stubborn in in not doing any of that where I think now I look back, I wish we would have done some. And we are now. We're building our own reactors. We're using th- stuff that's inherent within our farm and we're going to test it. We're going to see if it, if it helps.
1: I think that's what you have to do is I think, I think that once you have you know, and this is the big thing. Once you start thinking differently, start thinking about yeah. the biology, then you start thinking all of these things come possible, you know, but I will say that it, it is important to build up the soil to create healthy soils, right? And so even without adding, you know, biology, and I've heard him bugging the jug, right? Bugging a jug you don't add it there you build the soil up right yeah. you can add the microbes to push the crops and i will i will tell you that it's not and this is this is something that um you know I, I don't know if you might have heard me say this before but uh even the indigenous uh americans were using uh microbes and they 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 grew their corn uh using Biostimulant microbes. And what they did really is uh, they would go out into the woodlands and they would get woodland grasses, things like uh, elimos, Canada, like Canada wild rye, right? Canada wild rye, bottle brush, hystrix, hystrix, patula, uh, phragmites, phragmites, the native phragmites. They would go out and get these plants and they would bring them back and then they would take the roots and they would put them in water. They would warm the water up and they'd beat up the roots and they'd get the microbes off the roots and out of the roots. And then they would take their corn, which, you know, I mean, they, they yeah. weren't using fertilizers, but they were, what they were doing is they were, they would, they would pick the corn young before it was fully mature and that prevented some of the microbiome from developing. Right. So that you didn't get all the microbes on the corn seed. Then they would, they then they would take that so that was just natural loss of microbes just because of domestication right they would take those seeds and they would germinate them in that water and when the root came out uh, then they would take that seed and put it in the field or put it in their mounds for three sisters agriculture whatever they were doing they called this they called this the it was iroquois corn medicine so it was iroquois uh, a holy guy named handsome Lake actually who was a holy man of the Iroquois back in the late 1800s he, he told he talked about this Iroquois corn medicine and this so they were using biostimulant microbes to push their crops so I mean and they had of course they had just discovered that and so I mean in essence modern humanity is rediscovering what the indigenous you know people, knew already and were they didn't know anything about microbes we know about microbes, but they were still doing it you know it was to them it was magic yeah uh, but they were doing it and uh, it it essentially so that's the piece right that that the early Americans yeah were doing it uh and that and they were of course doing biological agriculture you know yeah. it was so that was a piece of theirs so it should be, it could be a piece of our practices right yeah. putting those microbes on having a, i mean it would be crazy if you had to germinate every corn before you planted it but you could do it other ways right well,
0: but maybe treating that seed uh is good enough because then when that seed germinates that that microbial package you you inoculated that yeah. seed with is right there
1: it's right there yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yep all right um how does the foliar application of nitrogen or N, P, and K uh, affect the rhizophagy process?
1: Well, it, it does. Uh, we don't know all the ways it affects the rhizophagy process, but part of the process is, involves nitrogen fixation by the microbes. And uh, when you put nitrogen on the plant, uh, you essentially suppress nitrogen fixation by those microbes, and uh, then they don't well, they'll they'll basically the plant will lose the microbes. and that's what happens is they lose the microbes. So we're essentially I mean, this is where I mean everyone says, well, you get addicted to fertilizer once you start doing it. Well, that's the reason why is because yeah. you lose you lose those microbes and uh, yeah. And you can't. You're not going to be able to. Yeah, you know, you'll lose them in the soil. They're not fix nitrogen in the soil. They're you're gonna you're gonna lose them in the plant. They're not going to fix nitrogen in the plant, and uh, they're just not going to benefit the plant.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to what we've said before. Um, we we have to feed the soil, so then the soil can feed the plant, not feed the plant. And that, and that's what's happening with the the current farming practices and high yeah. fertility they're just feeding that plant and totally disregarding the soil. Matter of fact, they're harming what's there in the soil in the process. So now, yeah, you know, again, it gets back to what's the root cause of the problem and let's attack that root cause instead of, let's, instead of keep putting Band-Aids on the problem.
1: I, I think the root cause of the problem is because we have a misunderstanding of how plants work. Yeah. And so we think they're chemical uh, absorbers and that's all they do and it's just not correct. It's, that's that's partially correct. Yeah, they can absorb those chemicals, but actually they absorb whole microbes and oxidatively extract nutrients from those microbes in the root cells. That's the rhizophagy cycle. That's how plants actually work. All plants work like that. All plants on planet earth, the very earliest plants worked similar to that the very earliest plants the bryophytes the horn warts, the ones that didn't even have roots they still had those microbes and we can see we can look inside those plants we see there's certain cells that have those bacteria in them and which they get nitrogen out of those microbes so the very earliest plants on earth were getting their nutrients from microbes
0: yeah now and and you you've discovered it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing um all right we got hey douglas thank you for that that question uh randy will a plant with more leaf hairs do better than a plant with fewer or smaller plant hairs again doctor these questions have come in and we've talked a lot this is back something we talked about previously so we got to kind of think about. Uh, When Randy was asking this question about 30 minutes ago now.
1: Well, I could, I could answer, I could, I could address that. There is this association with, of nitrogen fixing microbes and plant hairs. And, uh, you know, we see it in, in all plants in the wild. Now, if we tissue culture a plant, there won't be microbes in it but it's sterilized, it's tissue cultured. And some of our crops are tissue cultured and they lose those. And that, that means they go through, you know, art, uh auger plates, you know, in which you have antibiotics to kill the microbes and so forth, you know, so that, so they don't have them oh. e- even in the trichomes. But for, for wild plants, there is that association and for plants like uh, corn, there is that association. It is how far, does it go i mean if we see i mean yes we can juice a plant put more microbes on it put certain nutrients on it make it have bigger bigger the plant be bigger and have bigger trichomes too Uh, but to what extent can we just look at the trichomes and say this plant is is doing more nitrogen fixation with microbes you might be able to do that but we can't just go out and say oh this one has giant trichomes and maybe it's gonna maybe it's better yeah that's a hypothesis but you have to go in and and check now certainly with root hairs root hairs grow they can grow really really long and they continue to grow so long as those microbes are there and if you have fewer microbes then you have little short root hairs if you have more microbes you have big long root hairs if you have more microbes right you have big long root hair so uh so yeah with root hair certainly with the trichomes it may not be as simple as just big trichomes versus little but yes that's kind of what we're thinking now is that if we have more hairs bigger trichomes it may mean they're getting more nutrients from those bacteria in the trichomes but you know that all has to be That has to pan out. I mean, we have to we have to look. That's going to take a lot more time to figure out if we can just look at the size of the trichomes. But 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 yeah, in theory, yes, that's absolutely correct. That we would expect more nitrogen fixation happening with more trichomes.
0: Yeah, I mean, my gosh, doctor. When we sit here and listen to you talk, I mean, you've got I don't know how many different thesis, PhD student thesis things you could be doing here after (laughs) this
1: Is right. No,
0: nine.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it's absolutely right.
0: It's crazy what what yeah. direction this might wind up taking here in just a short amount of time.
1: Well, I personally think it's going to take the direction direction of regenerative agriculture and it's going to provide support for the leaders in regenerative agriculture like you and yeah. for growers, you know, leading their own programs you know, that it'll provide support. And uh, that, uh, you know, there is a lot of people interested in this. And I do have a lot of, we do have a lot of students. Working on different aspects and more students coming on. I mean, so what about fame? You know, I only got, I got five years more, but I mean, it could be 10. That would be great. But. More than likely five or six years, something like that. That's all I have left.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. All right, we got we got more questions coming in. Um, uh, and I apologize if I get your name, uh, Shana, I hope I said this right. Um, and again, this goes back, Doctor. I'm not sure what this is relating to for sure. Maybe you know these names. What Rick described is what die. Haggerty does with JS extract after a lot of experimentation. Do you know what that means?
1: Well, I don't know uh, D. Haggerty, but uh, or JS. I'm trying to figure out what JS is. I don't know what it is, but uh, with experimentation. Yeah, that's the key. I can latch onto that. That's important. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. That's the key. That's what we want. That's what we need everybody doing on some level you know, to start to experiment.
0: Yeah. Um, Ed Bourgeois, Ed's on every week. How you doing, Ed? How's everything going there at home today? Uh, now that we are better understanding roots and root hairs, do you think learning to pull a plant and, exer- and examine the root and rhizosheath development, root hairs, etc., as a best way to show a healthy functioning system?
1: Yes, but I would say the the rhizosheath you don't always see. You know, rhizosheath you see typically in some soil types, right? You're going to have a real tiny sand and particles that'll just stick on it. Yeah, rhizosheath definitely, it's a good indication, but you're not always going to see it. Now, root structure completely. Yes. Yes. Lots of branch roots. Uh, you see the root hairs. You have soil adhering to the roots. Mm-hmm. May not have a rhizosheath so much, but it still may be adhering there. That's a good indication that you got rhizosphere cycle happening in those roots. You got a healthy soil, healthy plant, right? So yeah, but you know what, growers. Most growers are plant whispers so they can you know they can pull a plant or they could look at a plant and they have a feel for how well it's doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so they so they would yeah. be able to figure it out yeah. easily I think by by looking at lots of aspects of the of the plant
0: yeah exactly uh Dan DeSutter is nominating you to run for the CDC based on all your uh, please
1: commentary. please Dan don't do that Dan please don't do that. Don't do, that. don't do that i just want to i i just be a little professor let me stay in my little office let me take my students out and teach them how to find mushrooms and yeah. identify fungi and you know the things that i do here but uh yeah if you think you've got headaches now uh that's uh, no no
0: I, I wouldn't send your enemies there um,
1: I do, and I don't need a job. I don't need another job. I'm yeah. fine with the job. Fine with the job I have. It's hard enough. I only got a few years left, and I got a lot of work I have to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: Thank uh, you. Uh, Matt, again, I think it's Matt Cohn. Uh, compost tea, question mark. Then he says, compost tea to add beneficial bacteria and fungi. That's going back to what we talked about a little bit ago. Yeah, uh, we, all, we all agree. That's probably a good thing um okay timothy uh i'm under the impression that bugs in a jug and i got to come up with a better term than that but bugs in a jug can have a can have benefit due to horizontal gene transfer the microbes will die but the genes that make them ideal for your situation may and certainly sometimes do live on becoming
1: incorporated in the native microbes Yeah. I mean, all that could happen, right? All that can happen. I mean, that's, that's certainly, it, it certainly does happen now. Is it critical for the plant, you know, the plant, uh, I mean, yeah, you could bring genes in there and it's probably not, I mean, it's probably not going to hurt. And you might, you might bring some microbes in that you don't have, uh, and it, and it might have an effect in the long run, right? I mean, if a plant likes it and takes it in and starts to use it better than the stuff that's there, yeah, that could be good. Yeah. You you might not need it, but then maybe you're gonna discover something that's more beneficial. You might help your plants, you know, so like again, putting those in. Small yeah. acres, do a test
0: plot and try yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah, try it. Experiment with it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And- yeah. The questions are just piling up here um timothy uh Ken, kinraid i hope i'm saying this correct uh, because dna is exceptionally difficult for even microbes to break down dna persists in soil and if the genes prove useful the microbes will replicate them as they multiply
1: yeah they'll take it other microbes will take it up take it in take in the dna no doubt about that
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think you go back to what we talked about, this pathogen notion that that's exactly what you're talking about.
1: Well, we don't really understand. You know, we think we understand a lot more than we do. We think we understand a lot more. And so, you know, we and of course we can kill microbes. Yeah. uh, But but uh, that ends up, you know, you end up, you know, having to put more and more. the antibiotic or whatever it is you're putting in there to kill them right You just put more and more Uh, whereas if you put a microbe in there uh, you wouldn't kill it you would then colonize it and change its behavior and i know we don't think of microbes as having behavior but they do it could be bad behavior right pathogenicity or it could be good behavior you know symbiosis or mutualism benefiting the plant and so controlling that behavior really Is the goal, rather than trying to put uh, to kill it with uh, fungicides, because then what happens is we get resistance. If you control behavior, don't kill it, then you don't get resistance. There's no resistance. You just control that behavior, and there's no selection against that. It's a it's a whole different strategy. But you have to think differently about it. But you're already thinking like that. You're already thinking about the biology, and so you could, for example, with your bug in a jug or your uh your 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 ferments or the 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 washes, whatever it is with a bunch of microbes you could take that and put those on the plant right to control disease yeah you know you'd have to try that i mean i know it works for some some people do that already and it and it and it does work i don't know if it'll work in your specific situation but it's it just think differently about it and you might find a solution that's better than putting uh, fungicides out.
0: Okay. Now I want to ask another I want to ask you another question here. Yeah. Okay. There are companies out there now
1: mm-hmm.
0: that can tell us how much biology we have in the ground. They may not identify all of the biology that's there, but they can give you a a yeah. number, you know. Yeah. Okay. Would you recommend that if someone's getting started, we should like baseline where our our community is and then do this, do, do these things we're talking about, add a cover crop program, become good stewards to the land, start thinking regeneratively, blah, 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 and then take another reading should we see increases then in that
1: community? That's exactly what I think should be done and and the the reason I think it should be done is because growers need to control everything they need to know if something is working right so you want some kind of an objective measure you know so you go on a a microbiometer or or one of the other tests that people use right that they'll check and see and you check it early you check it before you check it during you check it after uh, you don't worry about it, you know. If it goes up and down, up and down a little bit, maybe it will. Maybe you'll plateau at some point, but that may be okay. I mean, you have other. There's other uh, measures, right? I mean, you're looking at, at at how the soil looks. Are there are there are there earthworms there? Is there life there? How are the plants growing in it? So there's a lot of criteria that yeah that you could look right. at. That's just one. You know, these tests aren't that expensive either. You know, so you could you could do a test once a year or something like that i mean you can
0: you can buy the you can have your own little test kit with you and just yeah yeah pull pull the test off real quick in the field yeah 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 so let's let's go back to the rhizophagy because i mean this is so big i mean one of the the research i did here i think it's what 12 cycles of the rhizophagy is that is that correct
1: Well, what. What happens is uh the they will you I, I think you're referring to ejecting out the cycles how many times before you yeah. get the hair. Well, I mean it could go, yeah, I mean 12 or more. It could go okay. more if it's a longer root hairs, right? So you have these constant uh every every time the root these microbes are being replicated in these root hairs, and that's where some nitrogen is being fixed in there. And every time they uh, they have a growth spurt, they squirt some of the, they eject, you know, it sounds funny when I say squirt microbes out the tip of that root hair, but that's what happens is they go out the tip, they catch the ones back in, they re- replicate them again, and they get, get them to fix nitrogen in there, and then they accumulate them at the tip and have another growth spurt and eject them out, and that keeps going, it keeps going until the hair is all the way elongated, then it stops. I mean, it, it, at, So it it? could be many cycles, many cycles, So you get a few bacteria go in and, and they extract nutrients from those, a lot of the soil nutrients, then some of the bacteria are, after the nutrients are, are extracted, they remain inside the hair and those are cultivated and fixed nitrogen and then ejected and just keeps going like that ejection and increasing and ejection. So, uh, that, uh, yeah, that could go on for quite a bit.
0: So then after this ejection you're talking about, then do you yeah. see a, a, an increase in, that, in microbial activity at that ejection point then of the
1: microbes that are already currently in the soil profile? Yeah, you can see what we see is a pile of these microbes come out of the tip. They're yeah. ejected right out of the tip and then they reform their cell walls because when they're inside the root hair, they don't have cell walls, the cell walls because of the superoxide that the plant is putting on them, so they don't have cell walls, and then and then they, they, instead there are these little protoplasts, protoplasts inside the root hair. Sounds crazy, really, even to hear me talking about it. Sounds nuts, but they're in there. These protoplasts are in there, and when they're ejected, then. The plant puts a little bit of nutrients, a little bit of exudate out with them and they reform their cell walls and their shapes. They get bigger, a little bit bigger. They maybe get flagella and that way they can, they have cell walls, they get flagella and their capacity to grow in the soil again. The free living ability is back, right? They can now go in the soil, swim in the soil, find some nutrients, get those nutrients and then later to be attracted back to the root tip because of the exudates. There's a lot of exudates that go out the tip. So that's actually a signal for these microbes to attract these microbes back to the, it's crazy. The point is that this is what plants are doing. Plants are managing these microbes and we can, what we can do, we can either support that or we can take it away, right? We can support the capacity of the plants to do it or we can take it away and use only chemistry. right and so what we have done historically is taken it away and use chemistry but it it makes more sense to support that biology to grow the plant
0: well well doctor there's more money in chemistry than there is in supporting the biology so
1: yeah that's true the
0: the greed factor becomes the ultimate evil here so um i think you know i but but doctor you know i've what I worry about is is this all going to happen soon enough, fast enough, you know, or is this regenerative notion uh, going to just fade away into the sunset? You know, I, I hope not, um, but we've got to get more people on board here.
1: Well, I th- i think that's right. I think we have to get more people on board, you, you know. uh. Jeff Lowenfeld's new book, Teeming with Bacteria, is, uh, Jeff told me it's a bestseller in the gardening books already. And, and this is about uh rhizophagy cycle and, and endophytic microbes and plants. And so he wrote this book, Teeming with Bacteria, uh, to go in a, Uh, actually there's four of them now, but there was three teaming with microbes and teaming with nutrients and something else, teaming with fungi, I think, something like that. And now teaming with bacteria. And uh, this book brings everything, you know, philosophically, this is very important. You know, if plants are really doing this, that means what we're doing with the chemistry may be off balance and we may not be doing it right and and so philosophically that's where i mean that's where i think this changes things you understand this changes things this is what plants do all plants do this and they always have the very earliest they always have the first ones on earth were doing this so this is this is you know if we figure it out we figure out how to push plants using this method, it should be, it will be better than what we're doing now. And uh, if it, you know, I mean, if it's clear, if we make the point well, that this is what plants do, then we're bound to have change. People are going to change. People are going to change. They're going to start trying this. They're going to start trying to grow with biology. And so there is a, there, there is a chance that it may happen faster than, than it seems like it's happening.
0: Yeah, and what was that author's name again, please?
1: Jeff Lowenfels. Lowenfels. L-O-W-E-N-F-E-L-S. Jeff Lowenfels, and he 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 wrote he wrote a new book now called Teeming with Bacteria, and then it is a gardener, an organic. He called it a Organic Gardener's Guide. To the rhizophagy cycle and plant endophytes, that's what he called it. So it's, he writes very well in a you know in a in a in a format that is easy to grasp has all the biology in there uh, it uh, with pictures. I gave him pictures and stuff like that that he could use. But he he's actually a lawyer and very good about about grasping things and putting things in a way that right. are better better for people to read so i mean i knew better i knew better than to try to write a, a booklet like that because you know I, I mean i'm I'm a scientific writer right i'm, I'm not yeah. not able to do that but jeff is a pro- professional and no, you,
0: you uh you did it, it. you could do it doc you could do it
1: i can talk but- We've got two people
0: there. Uh, Sudarshana has given us the the name. And then Mark, uh, I'm hoping it's Townsend, has given us the link there to the Acres Bookstore. Uh, So so great. Thanks, guys, for doing that. Appreciate it. There are so many smart people out there that have so many good things to say and write about. Uh, It's out there. You just got to look for it uh this is not a this is from timothy not a question braiding sweetgrass is a book you will want to write down you will see what i'm talking about with just a quick inquiry uh braiding sweetgrass i'll look into it everybody write that down braiding sweetgrass
1: i think i heard of it someone mentioned it before but i didn't haven't had a chance to look at it
0: um uh, Jeff has some great lectures on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of his name before. Um Doctor, this has been absolutely fascinating. I, I want to be respectful of your time. We've been going about an hour and a half now. It doesn't seem like it seems like we just started. Um, I am so blown away by the things that you've accomplished in the last two or three years. I mean, you've spent your whole life doing this and the things now that you are really start you're moving mountains now so thank you so much for all your work and and your teaching the next generation to to appreciate what we're doing we, we greatly
1: appreciate this thank you rick you know and it is hard to teach the next generation they keep changing you know these generations keep changing <laughs> <laughs> not getting not getting any simpler life is not getting any simpler i can tell you that well,
0: as long as you've been teaching, you could be up to third generations now, right?
1: I well, ha- we have, and the, one of these classes that I teach uh, has been going for over fifty years. You know, before I was here teaching it, people were teaching it. So we we have. Uh, I've taught the sons of uh, of uh, and daughters of students who had it. You know, thirty years before. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I know I don't look that old, but I do have. Yeah, the hair. I do have the hair.
0: You've got a couple grays up there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But very. I'm very glad to be able to teach these students, and I'm glad this work is is valuable. Uh, So I, I, I really appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Well, well, thank you, and and again, I want to go back. um, What I mentioned at the beginning there, and and Rachel, if you're on, would you type in. Jim at Soil, S-O-I-L, Curse, C-U-R-S-E, Buster, B-U-S-T-E-R.com. That is the the, the email that you're going to uh, respond to if you want to go and see Dr. White live in Indiana, uh, Wabash, Indiana, uh, December the 16th. That's just a couple of weeks away. And I'm telling you, if you are anywhere close to this location, you need to go. And there, and 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 doctor, you've seen the line. There are some great people speaking at this this thing that that Jim Martindale's put together. So uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're coming out to Indiana. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I try I try to make as many of those as I can. It's it's kind of hard though, you know, because I have a whole job here. Well, yeah, a whole I mean, job. Yeah. I mean,
0: Rutgers yeah. would like for you to stay there every once in a while. So yeah, They
1: do. They do. They do. I'll have a graduate student uprising if I'm away too much. <laughs> yes. Well, Dr. White, thank
0: you so much for joining. It's been an absolute honor. And if you don't mind, I'm probably going to tap you on the shoulder and we're going to do another one of these. Sure. Um, so great. So everyone, sure. thank you. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, and, and doctor, thank you so much. You're
1: so welcome, Rick. Y'all, everyone have a good night. Thank Bye, you. Bye-bye. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye.